When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Higley. And I'm Lindsay Hunter. And I'm, I'm a writer. writer, but... Welcome to I'm a Writer But. Today we have Christian J. Collier. Christian J. Collier is a Black Southern writer, arts organizer, and teaching artist who resides in Chattanooga, Tennessee. His works have appeared or are forthcoming in Hayden's Ferry Review, the Michigan Quarterly Review, Atlanta Review, Grist Journal, and elsewhere. A 2015 Loft Spoken Word Immersion Fellow, he is also the winner of the 2020 Pro Forma Contest and the 2019 to 2020 Seven Hills Review Poetry Contest. And Christian just won the po- the porch poetry prize the 20 20- oh. he's the 2022 winner of the porch poetry prize which is a great organization in nashville right absolutely yeah yeah hi porch hi susanna um love them so congratulations on that and he is here tonight um and we're going to talk about his new book gleaming the blade and um he's going to read to us from it yeah i'm honored to be here thank you all right so uh the first poem is called how it feels to be black Sometimes it feels like we are loved by no God. Like there is no gospel living in the gusts of wind that comb our cheeks. The word doesn't unmaim us or leave us exempt from the wolves who always arrive blood hungry. Each day I want to wake to find no name of someone black and butchered in my throat, but the morning never yields to my request. So more days than it should It feels like a bounty latched to the bleached rails of our spines, like we are destined to keep dying unarmed and at fault, like even angels have abandoned the fat lagoons of our skies, and heaven, heaven will not have us. When my days fill with ghosts. There are corpses on the streets of New York Ambulance song in the air every few minutes. I am groundless when a friend tells me is dead. I keep thinking of his three sons, how his low voice now must live in memory. Is dead. I watched the last few seconds of his life in landscape mode on my cell phone. I know then I have had enough. I can never willingly see the end for anyone else black. I am too full on death to want to witness any more. Is dead because of the police. I haven't breathed deeply since February. I haven't let a night pass without crossing my body in the dark and begging God to intervene. Holy the spirits. Holy the gray goose, the Elijah Craig small batch. Holy the Patron that awakens the bird in my throat 
my chest, my liver. Holy, the touch that brings for a moment the bite of something more than dread. The fever comes one summer night. Unsure if this is only regular sickness or the sickness that killed. I start imagining my life without me. After I sweat through the cotton bed sheets, I tell the swing shadows I am afraid to die, to live air hungry, then not at all. The next morning, I take the interstate into Georgia and don't think about where to stop or turn around. I want to commit everything the sun holds to my blood in case the dark comes in the next two weeks. The day after the election, someone white throws our morning paper onto the roof of my family's home. Someone white again wants us not to have what is ours because of the spirits they cradle inside them. My family has been black and Southern long enough to expect this. The spirits parading inside us won't let us forget or be surprised. The spirits parading inside us won't let us forget or be surprised when the president won't concede where we live. When white people cannot accept the world, often it means the world will burn. After my guys, my tells me my can't stop sobbing. I don't hear him, but knowing he is mourning amidst me, I don't remember the last time he's been this exposed, this human. Hours after I bend my knee in the late fall and ask my love to marry me, my dies. I am afraid to cry, to open myself, to give any emotion to this barbed new world. I am afraid of the release, of feeling empty if it all oceans out. The year ends with fireworks in the distance and Johnny Walker black label in a styrofoam cup. The year ends, my dead are still gone. The year ends, I've yet to stop feeling the brown earth dying beneath my feet. And I will flip to silent scene. After viewing Hank Willis Thomas's From Can't See in the Morning to Can't See at Night. Sight unseen. Look. They insert the black body, then count the minutes before they can log the rusted light pouring through its exit wounds. When they insert the black body, they must also make laws to govern the tone of its breath, limit its reach. Then they beg it not to be so black, it protests when they border up the air. They insert the body and ask that it just be the black that is all smiles, full lips and teeth totally exposed, the black that pulls laughter from their guts instead of ire. The black that chooses not to let them see how they've exotified and commodified its labor and the sun-kissed flex of its muscles. Ask that it be all spectacle, bigger than life and mute about the realities it faces. And if it can't be, can't it just be so black it is invisible again? So dark the night eats it away, buffing it from their sight. 
Can't it be the black that loves them enough to keep the language of its lesions distant from their ears? Can't it just repay them for the opportunity to play and produce with enjoyment? Can't it only kneel in victory on occasion? Praise the God they say they follow on occasion. Can't it be that broad-backed black buck just happy to have the greenfield all to itself? Can't it just let them step back and love it from afar with conditions before it breaks down before their eyes, before the season sets on it? If it can't bear to be that type of beautiful, to grant them absolution, all the splendor they can drink from its sweat and sacrifice, can't it just shut up and dribble or shut up and run or shut up altogether because they don't need the music of its mouth mangling their cheering? Can't it just shut up and lie down against the earth its flesh has known so well, play dead so long and believably it forgets how to get back up? I think this is the first time that uh, I've felt almost too emotional to continue after someone has read to us. Um, These are just incredible, beautiful, and you're such an amazing reader. Um, Thank you. And I mangled the name of your book. It's The Gleaming of the Blade. (laughs) So I apologize. (laughs) That's truly the worst thing someone could do to a poet, right? (laughs) Uh, I I have had worse things. I've had had way worse things. So this is all right. I I have people in my family who also don't exactly know the name of the book. So you're you're in good company. (laughs) Okay. All right. Good. Um, I am so happy that you read what you read, um, because if, if our readers aren't familiar with these poems, there are um, what I was thinking of as redactions, um, and they are redactions in um, the second poem that you read. Um, but in the, in the Inside Unseen, the poem that you just read, they're, they're black blocks that stand in for the word black, right? right. Um, and I just wondered if you could talk a little bit about those choices, um, because they're very, uh, to read them with your eyes is one thing, but to hear them is a totally different thing. Yes. Um, and I, I would just love to hear you talk through your, you know, your thoughts there. Sure. I, um, I'm always interested in uh, what to do with, uh, with the container of, of the poems. Mm. And um, uh, for, for me, at least, that's kind of the last uh, bastion of it is um, how is it going to strike uh, whoever's on the other, the other end of it. And um, I'm, so I'm, I'm after different things and, and obviously I'm using the, um, I'm using the, the content kind of as a gauge and, um, mm-hmm. for an elegy of, of Julius Gall because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's referencing the, uh, the Friday the 13th film and then mm-hmm. the, lightning, the lightning bolt, um, the, the lines are kind of um, in the shape of, of a lightning bolt. Um, but with, um, with when my days, I, uh, I was asked to write uh, something about what it was like to be black in, in 2020. And um, I wrestled with it for a long time uh, because while I, I felt a great number of things, there's also significant gaps um, in, in my memory. And, you know, obviously I think that that's 
due to the, the advent of the pandemic and, and just mm-hmm. really, you know, we, we all, I think, for the most part, felt fairly groundless for, for a good portion of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the idea to kind of write it in, in you know, pieces um, hit me, but there's so many people who, who had passed that could not consent to actually being in the poem mm. and I, I wanted to afford them uh, some level of, of privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the idea to kind of redact their names and, in in some cases, their relationships. And, um, so on one hand, it, it works on that level. Um, on the other hand, um, it's, it's, a another place for engagement for, uh, the reader. Um, you know, they, they can insert their own names, they can insert their own people, whoever they think. Um, so it provides a little bit of room for them to, to kind of step inside the poem and, and walk around a little bit on their own. Mm. Um, for sight unseen, um, I didn't want to beat people over the head with uh, just hitting them with, with black over and over again. Um, so I thought, how can I still get it, but but give it to them in, in a different way? Mm-hmm. And I think um, by blacking out the text, um, you know, it, it, it plays with the eye and it, it plays with the body. In a, in, a, in a different way, because I don't think that you're expecting it to come that way. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a definite visual component. Um, but again, I, I think that it's another one of those areas where the, the reader can kind of, you know, step inside and, and, and move around a little bit. And, uh, you know, and because while I'm, I'm strongly insinuating that it, it's a stand in for the word black. But it doesn't have to be, you know, mm-hmm. and, and again, whoever's on the other end of the, the poem, you know, they can throw, you know, uh, different ethnicities in there and, and, and other groups of people. And I think that it still works, um, which is interesting to me. But yeah, I'm, I'm always interested in kind of uh, providing little, little pockets for, uh, for engagement for, for the reader. Mm-hmm. Later to that, Christian, I was curious if you think about an ideal reader or, or who, or if you think about a reader, do you write to someone, obviously some of these poems are addressed to someone or written after other poems, but do you think about the reader often, especially with with this collection, because it seems like it's obviously deeply rooted in what's going, what has been going on very recently, but that's not to say that this book wouldn't make sense in a, 30 years previous or 60 years previous. Um, so do you have a reader that you're thinking about when you're writing? Uh, for the most part, I don't. Um, I, I'm always aware um, of, of audience, but I, if you were to ask me what they look like or, or any of the, you know, the demographics that they might, might fall into, I, I have no answer for that, um, which I think is kind of an interesting thing. And, and I think that um, I'm mainly interested in, in trying to write things that, um, you know, that, that, that challenge me and um, things that have a certain degree of, of resonance and um, that forced me to interrogate something, um, which I mean, it's, it's just kind of like chasing, chasing obsessions. And, and um, 
so that that really is kind of the, the scope that the, um, the the book fell under. Um, I wanted to use race uh, as a way to kind of get at a number of other things in terms of uh, intimacy and, and vulnerability. Um, and with my my full length uh, manuscript that I'm, I'm sending out now, you know, I'm, I'm kind of doing similar work, kind of doing similar work, but with with ghosts, right? <gasps> I'm using I'm using ghosts as a model to get at different things. Oh, that um, sounds awesome. Yeah, ho- hopefully other people will agree and we'll, we'll get it out <laughs> in the world too. <laughs> but uh, regardless, I think of, of what what obsession I'm, I'm kind of chasing, um, what I'm mainly interested in, in providing for uh, an audience, whoever that ends up being, um, I'm trying to curate an experience. And um, I, I like to consider myself... Um, akin to a, a director on, on film. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I am crafting the shot uh, from, from poem to poem, from line to line for whoever's on the other end of it. And I want to put you as close to what's going on um, as I can. I want you to, to feel the danger. I want you to, you know, you're, you're in the weeds of it. You know, it, it's three o'clock in the morning, you see the, the fog. I want to put you right there where you're, you're experiencing these things. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's the main thing that I'm, I'm after, I think, in, in terms of audience. But no, I don't, I have no idea what, what any of them look like. And I've been, um, I've been really fortunate for like the past 13 years. Uh, I've been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of events and, and, and programming. And I mean, the, the, the people who have come and, and come back tend to be, you know, everybody from, Teenagers to uh, senior citizens, you know, white, black, whatever, all across the, the, the board. So yeah, I don't know. I can't really pin it down. But how do you know? Because um, you're talking to two fiction writers here. And um, so we're like, we're kind of in awe. <laughs> I think Alex and I are both kind of like, tell us your secrets. Um <laughs> But how do you know, like, when a when a poem is done? Like, how do you know it's achieved what you want it to achieve? Is it is it the same sort of like finished feeling you get for each poem, or is it different every time? Oh, it's different every time. I, I wish I had like a, a recipe where I could just, you know, mm-hmm. uh, oh, that that's it. This is this is uh, something that that's really cooked. And um, I think that for a long time, um, you know, for for a long time, I. I would overwrite mm. and what did like, that look I, like? What did that look like? Well, I, I think that, um, so if, if, you know, if the poem's about like this theme, um, you, you have enough information to really kind of get it right. If you're, mm-hmm. uh, if you're the reader, mm-hmm. but like, I am, I am taking extra steps to make sure that you're getting all the, the nuance and, every reference and all of the things. And um, so probably within the past three years, uh, one of my, my uh, chief aspirations has been to um, cut out as much of, of that as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, almost to the point where I'm like, I'm not sure maybe there's enough there, <laughs> you know? And um, because I think that I don't, I don't have to close every door for the reader. I can, mm-hmm. I can leave some wiggle room where we can get some reverberation from some of the stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that 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 gives a certain effect. Some things are are um, are really short and and you know very much to the point, and 
Um, other things tend to, to move a little bit. They start in one place and then they, they end up somewhere else. Um, and I like all of those things. And when you, when you put those things, you know, in a, in some sort of body of work, they start communicating and, and saying different things to each other. Hmm. Um, and I, I like that, that long form, you know, dialogue that, that they have. Um, and because I think that you, you get different connections, uh, from, from just looking at, at single poems. So it takes a lot of the labor off of an individual poem. Hmm. Um, but for me, I, um, I, I, trying to think through it. I, <laughs> I get to a point where I, if I, if I feel kind of like I've, I've nailed the, the, the essentials, mm-hmm. um, I will, uh, I start looking at the way that the lines are, are broken. And, uh, I, I start from the very last line of the poem and then I work my way back up. And a, wow. a lot of what I, a lot of what I'm going for in my work and, and most of, uh, most of Gleaming of the Blade is like this, but I, I want you to be able to read the poem forwards and then backwards. So you can read the poem from oh the God. bottom to the top and what? it'll still line up. Um, I'm going back now. <laughs> I'm going to start reading them backwards. I, uh, oh my God. I, I read, um, you know, cause again, I, I never want to like beat people over the head. Like, Oh, look at me, I'm doing this thing. But I, Whenever I'm, I'm reading from the book and I read Quiet Storm, I, I read it like that to, to kind of illustrate that point. Wow. But um, where did so you get I'm, that from, Christian? I where did I get that from? I um, uh, Tyree Day actually, uh, the the poet Tyree Day um, hit me to it um, as as a craft device, um, probably close to three years ago. Oh my God. Um, That's amazing. And if you do that, it really helps you tighten up your your lines. Um, but also it, it's an, a great way to uh, allow you to edit. So you can see if something's kind of lining up in a, in a wonky way, you see it. So then the question becomes, what can I do to kind of, you know, buff that out a little bit? So um, I'll, I'll move things, I'll cut things, uh, you know. Um, so that's really kind of like the last thing that I do. And if I can run through it and it's still communicating something um, cohesive, I kind of feel like I've got it. And then I'll look at maybe playing around with, with the container and the shape of it a little bit. But but yeah, that that's kind of the, the last stages uh, for me. One of my um, moments that I gasped at, one of your poems that I gasped at was, um, what's in a name except all my mother and father hoped for when they mm. knit themselves together? What's in a name except every god of my past still washing the dust from my souls? Every vanished god I give thanks to by going into the tomorrows that will have me cradled in the closets that sit between the gums and the teeth. And as you were just talking, I read it backward. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I'm not going to force everyone to listen to me reading it backward, but it's incredible because now it ends with, What's in a name except a creek filled with my family's blood? Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. I mean, Alex and I are just going to, this whole interview is going to be us going like, what? (laughs) (laughs) We need to get better about talking about poetry, but I'm so, I'm, I'm just blown away. Um, And I'm looking, you know, something that I really enjoyed. You talked about like how a poem looks, the container of the poem. Um. And how you go back and you sort of take things away. And it really does look like you got in there with like an X-Acto knife and carved. 
Um, Cause you really play with space. You really play with indention, with line break, with, um, you know, pauses. And um, it, it, it looks, every poem is, is its own shape. Um, right. And it's, it's really, and then you have a poem like Candace that is so different from the other ones in terms of shape until it gets towards the end. Um, it's incredible. Yeah, I, I, there's a saying that um, even for people who, who really like poetry, they're looking for a reason uh, to stop reading a poem. Um, <laughs> which I mean, to a, cer- <laughs> to a certain degree is, is, is true. So I, um, the whole time that, that um, I have somebody's attention, I am trying to, um, I'm trying to play with their, their expectation. And, and their anticipation. Um, I don't want them to know what's what's coming next. And by the time they, you know, are like, oh, I, I think I got it. I want the poem to be done. Mm. You know, I wanna mm-hmm. I wanna keep you on your toes as long as I can. And um, so, you know, I have uh, you know different tools that that I employ to to try to make that happen. When you love a poem, um, you know, by some of your favorite poets, when you get to the end. What is that feeling for you? Do you go back and read it again? What's that emotion for you when you're reading something you really love? It, it's, it's always different, um, you know, because you, you love different things about about different people. Um, I remember the first time I read uh, John Murillo's uh, On Confessionalism, and that poem just cracked my head open. Um, <laughs> I love the movement of it. Um, John is, is, well, particularly in... in, in in his collection, uh, contemporary American poetry, John's really stretching out and taking his time. And I love that, you know, long poems really fascinate me because they, they operate differently and they play with time differently. Um, and, and just the way that he works his way through it and the way that he employs repetition, I, I think that that's really fantastic. Um, whereas, you know, if I look at a, a Jericho Brown, Jericho was doing really interesting line work. Um, and, he is somebody that once you get to the end of that line, you can just start asking asking different questions mm-hmm. um, and really kind of interrogating what's in that line and what could come next. And he he's going to answer it in a way that again is going to defy your your expectation. And I, and mm-hmm. I love those things. And I so I, I I tend to read just to kind of run through run through the poem, run through the text, and then when those poems kind of like just crack my head apart, then I want to I want to get under the hood and I want to I want to see what's working, how's it, how's it working. And I just want to kind of geek out on, on those craft components. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I'm always interested, I, I love process regardless. Like you could, if, if a plumber walked in right now, it's like, I'm going to do such and such to the sink. I'm like, wow, tell me about, it. you know, like I really, <laughs> I'm really just drawn to the way that, that people's minds and, and bodies, you know, work in, in any given uh, capacity. And, um, that's one of the great things about being into the arts period is, is, you know, for any number of artists who have any number of, of different ways to approach anything. And, um, and I love it because it, it always informs me and gives me something to kind of play with the next time that I am, you know, trying to bang something out. I was curious, Christian, about um, how you arranged the order of these poems. I feel like there's a couple where, the order is so uh, brave and just kind of stunning. The 
particularly uh, Induction, one of my favorite poems in the collection, back to back with uh, Following the Shooting. And I was wondering if there was a lot of movement as you were putting uh, this book together, or if you felt pretty confident as you were drafting or arranging that, no, this is the order. I didn't, um, I didn't really have to do that much. I think um, the, the version of the, the book that I submitted uh, for the, the Frost Place competition um, is, a, is a little bit different from, from this one. Uh, we had to cut a couple of poems um, due to, uh, to rights. Um, they were, they were both centos and they were using, using song lyrics. Mm-hmm. So we, we had to cut those. And then I had some, some brand new poems. Um, I think maybe like four or five uh, new poems um, ended up in, in the collection. Uh, so once those got added um, a little bit, you know, farther down the line, um, when it, when it came time to just really look at solidifying the arrangement, um, I took all the poems, I, I laid them out, you know, across our apartment. And, um, I, there, there's always a, a belief that, um, you should put your, your strongest poem first. Hmm. And, um, I don't really ascribe to that though. I mean, i I can't say like that definitively because, you know, you never know what's going to happen and, and every collection is different, but, I wanted to I wanted to to put something first that firmly establishes you in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to to get the tone. I want you to know kind of just there's no mistake and this is this is where we're at and this is where we're going. Right. And uh, I thought that that how it feels was a great lead off for that. Um, but what I wanted to do um, and and this is a kind of a, a an old uh, trick, but there's the the last line, first line uh, dynamic, where if you look at the last line of the poem, how does it feed into the next, the first line of of the poem that comes after it? And um, it's so, if you you do that, after a while, you kind of get this this really strange thing where it's almost like one long poem. Mm -hmm. Like, um, if so touch is the poem that that comes right before induction um the tepid fondle of the moonlight is the only white thing that will or wants to touch my skin a white couple at a bar smelled the bull in me before mm-hmm. even i knew it was there right so it, it allows me to kind of chime off of the the theme of the poem that's come before and kind of still continue you know the the essence of of that but take it somewhere else. Um, and I, I like, I like doing that because it allows me to kind of, I don't have to overthink it. Um, the, the poems are telling me, you know, they're, they're kind of feeding me the order that way. Mm-hmm. It seems like uh, horror movies are something that you're, you're interested in. You mentioned one of the ways you think about putting together your your poems is thinking about yourself as a director and there's there's a couple of horror movies referenced in the notes at the end of this book um how do how do horror movies fit into your process or is it more that they they fit in with these specific poems christian you know i think um it all kind of started as a joke but the the more the more i I get into it the more i'm interested in 
and trying to utilize more horror and horror elements in my work. And um, so a couple of years ago, um, and, and it must have been either like around a Friday the 13th or, or Halloween, but um, the, uh, the eighth uh, Friday the 13th was on, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. And, and just as a joke, like I put it on social media that, you know, I'm going to start writing poems about the, the black characters in, in horror films. Mm. And within a couple of days, I, I had something, you know, the, the makings of something. And, and I was like, well, this actually has some legs in it. And by doing this, this kind of gives me different lenses that I can work with. And um, so, I was, you know, when I finished that one, I thought, well, let's let's see what else we've got. So. <laughs> Um, I, I have a, a poem about Blackula. I have um, the, the Candyman one that that's in the, the collection too, and um, so they they allowed a, a really incredible uh, way to kind of disarm um, the reader, mm. um, because I, I don't think that you know if, if I tell you like this this poem's about you know uh, a character in in a Friday the Thirteenth film. I don't think that you're automatically expecting this thing to be a serious poem. Right. But it allows me to kind of, again, play with that expectation and, and really land that shift in, in, in tone and everything and, and kind of keep you on your toes. But the more um, outside of, outside of the poems, I'm really interested in, and I have been interested in um, different directors and, and kind of the way that they're working. Um, the Mike Flanagan who did um oh, I love him yeah so good he, uh, he did uh most recently uh Midnight Mass and, mm-hmm. and The Haunting of Hill House and but um I like a lot of a lot of the stuff he's done for the past couple of years I'm watching all of that because there are really interesting craft things that he's doing that I, I really want to do in my work and if, cool. if you've watched um the Haunting of Bly Manor. Yes. People, people, you know, weren't really like bowled over by that. But, but what he started really doing it. I mean, he he kind of started doing it in in Haunting of Hill House. He he really came back to it with a, a, a fervor in in Bly Manor. But I think that he found like the right balance of it in Midnight Mass mm-hmm. is the the utilization of repetition. And whenever you are are repeating something, we're getting tension. So each repetition is giving us tension. So I saw that and I was like, oh man, it, it's so smart um, because it, it's, it's never the same thing. It might look the same, but it's never the same thing. So I thought, how can I, how can I do more of that in my work? And, and what I've been doing is um, I'll take lines, uh, I'll take lines out of poems, I'll take lines out of poems that I've already done or, or poems in progress, whatever. Um, I'll take a line out, maybe a couple, and I'll, I'll recontextualize them. Wow. Uh, because I can I can repeat the same thing, but I can change the, the scope of it or I can change the direction of, of where it's going. Um, so it, it can say something else. And mm-hmm. um, so that's one of the things that I'm interested in doing my work. And it, it came from watching horror films, you know? And um, every horror film isn't, isn't obviously made to you know make me go to the the workshop and right. start, start putting <laughs> yeah. things down but i think that um one of the things i love about horror is that I, I feel like when it's at its when it's at its best it's saying something really interesting 
and poignant about society, about us. And I think that, you know, for somebody who uh, has been working a lot in, in terms of, of race and, and culture and stuff like that, I mean, that they just seem to go hand in hand, you know? And I, I think that, um, again, going back to, to Mike Flanagan, and the, the past couple of, of things that he's done, the monster is us. Mm-hmm. You know, there, mm-hmm. there's a there's a legitimate monster there, but the real monster is is us. And I think that living in a in a city where, you know, there have been mass lynchings and in the, the 80s, uh, uh, the white supremacists tried to, to kill black women. You know, there are certain similarities <laughs> that I that I can you know glean from that. So I uh, yeah, I'm just really interested in, in, in using it as a form. Um, because it, it provides so much space for, for disarmament and entertainment. And I, I love all of that. Love the uh, openness in that approach, because I feel like, you know, as you were saying, Christian, you may not, you know, the poem is called Elegy for Julius Scott. And when I hit that, that did not ring a bell to me. That doesn't signal that it has anything to do with uh, Friday the 13th, part eight. To me, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not really well versed in in horror. But then when I'm going through the notes and I see that there's an actual like wonderful secondary impact where it's like, God, I was moved by that poem. And <laughs> the origin point for this author was a Friday the 13th movie and not even just not even Friday the 13th, but the eighth part, you know, the eighth <laughs> sequel. There's a kind of uh, beautiful opening out in that. But I think that the approach is so important because I feel like in lesser work, the your hand wouldn't be played so deftly. You know, maybe the maybe the title would have a little bit more of a wink or a signal to a certain type of reader. But the fact that it's just buried in the notes is a brilliant touch. Well, thank you. Yeah, I I, I love textured things and. Um... So I, I had an epiphany in uh, 2019, and uh, I got I got really big into uh, the artwork of Mark Bradford. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are, f- are familiar with him, I'm not. but uh, oh, he's, he's amazing. And uh, so Mark, in a lot of his work, he um, he makes these really heavily textured, you know, pieces, and then he'll he'll use power tools and he'll strip them away, and, and he'll pull things off, and and then he'll build things on top of it, and then when he finishes you're left with these really incredible and really layered, um, you know, pieces of art. And um, I saw that and I, again, going back to process, I watched this process and it just hit me. And I thought, if I am using or going to use text as, as my medium, how can I get the same effect? And it, it just kind of like came to me and I was like, all, all text is malleable. So, that you know light bulb moment opened up so many doors in terms of permission and um so i don't really see text in any capacity as as being sacred Mm -hmm. um so it's opened up a lot in terms of form a lot in terms of of uh, content and and again like the the recontextualizing different things and and um, nothing is ever like completely finished or, or doesn't have to be. I think that there, there's generally more I can, I can say or, or do with it, but that also extends to like the, the content and, and where and, and how it, it comes. 
Um, and I love that because it, it allows me to always be attuned to the world, but also to like, I'm not, I'm not going to automatically discount where the idea comes from. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like, ah, I don't know. they're not going to like it because it's, it's the, the horror movie. Like, no, let's, let's see what happens. Right. You know, like the, the worst thing that they could possibly happen from it is I end up with some text that if it's not working, I can use in something else. That's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. Right. You know? So, um, yeah, it's just the past couple of years have, have been really incredible in terms of just um, I've I've been writing into surprise a lot and mm-hmm. I never know where the poems are, are going or are going to end up. And I love that because if I'm surprised as as the poet, there's a good chance that on the other end of the poem that you're going to be surprised too. Definitely. Yeah. It leaves that openness that you were talking about. You know, it's, it's, um, it's open for you to, t- to go somewhere with it. And it's open for the reader to go somewhere with it, you know, not even meeting you halfway, but sort of like taking it and running with it in their own minds. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like, uh, you, you mentioned induction earlier, and I think that induction is, is very much a poem like that. You know, it, 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 where it begins, I don't think that most people, just off of the, those first couple of lines, know where its end point is, is going to be. Uh, Christian, should you read it? You should. I, I can. Yes, that Please would be do. great. All right. Induction. A white couple at a bar smelled the bull in me before even I knew it was there. Eating grain and grass, listening to a parade of birdsong. They fed me four rum and cokes, then clutched a metal ring in his nose, led us to a house eight miles away from a bridge where two black men were hanged. Here in the southern city, everything black is both loved and feared the night the soil dick the bedroom is where i learned pleasure requires surrender a giving in an offering of blood while her husband watched from the corner she bit a small hole in the crown of my shoulder the animal horn-headed ruby-eyed galloped out to be praised and in turn praise. Would you believe me if I said it was holy? While sinew and bed spring were pushed to near fracture, she chanted the word God so many times. He hovered into the room, a pale flame with no shadow. Would you believe if I said when we finished, the light vanished and 40 cut roses were bent in prayer on the carpet? This is a poetry podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one, Christian. My God. Holy moly. <laughs> it's incredible. Thank you. I would love to hear you talk a little bit about the book as a whole. Um, and and knowing that you had a book, um, you know, it sounds like you're always writing. How did you know? And how did you how long was the process of putting this book together? I know you mentioned there's four or five newer poems in it, um, but what was that process like making it into a book? There, well, it, it 
was a little bit frustrating. <laughs> it, it, it took a couple of years, uh, which I mean, I think that that's not a bad thing, but there were so many moments in, uh, in those years where I, I thought I had it, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, um, the more time that passed, the more I, I just kind of felt like, ah, I don't, I don't know, you know, and, and why, why were you feeling like that? Well, I mean, I, I'd been sending it out and, and I mean, it was, it was in the running for, for a couple of things. Um, but, I always think that I think that my 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 comfort my comfort zone is being under the hood. Mm. I I like I like tinkering and I like I like banging banging it out and I I'm not so sure about the final shape of of it. Um and I really Because I think that I, I was worried about if if the things that I was going for how well they were translating on the other end, um, and I'm somebody who I don't I don't come from an MFA background I don't have a, a strong um, writing group or, or, or writing peers it's a little bit different now but um, I don't have a lot of things that I can just send to different people and and uh, get that feedback so. A lot of times it's, it's kind of just me and, and my own intuition and, and you know, um, alone sending these things out into the world. And um, right before um, Bull City um, wanted it, it was a, a finalist in a competition. And, like, I, I had a conversation with my, my, my wife and I was like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if this is ever really going to happen, you know, like, mm. just because it was, I felt like I, I felt like it was kind of there, but I wasn't sure if that was really coming through on the other end. And then when, when, when Bull City was like, you know, we, we, we love it and we want to kind of run with it. You know, I was really shocked and I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Bull City is one of my, uh, one of my dream presses. And, um, so it, it made all of the labor and all of the the close calls and all of that worth it, you know, but yeah. you, it, that's, that's a hard thing to realize in the moment and, and to appreciate in the moment when you're going through it. It's, you, you can't, if you're on the way to the beach, you can't really appreciate going through a long turn to get right. to the beach. You're, <laughs> all you're just seeing is the turn. You're like, dear God, like, I just want to be at the beach. And, um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it. I started, I think, seriously writing towards the the collection around 2015. And um, but the the oldest, the oldest poem in the the book. And, and granted, it's in a much much different shape and everything now. But that goes back to to 2006. Wow! And, um, wow! Holy shit! So, I think that, you know, some of these things have have been in in, in the canon for a long time, and. Um, for me, that's interesting because it's like if you're dealing with, with uh, racial work and you're like, oh, well, this goes back almost 20 years and it still holds up like it, it like I just wrote it, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that that is uh, that's kind of indicative of, of I think something wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> with uh, with where we are in, in the country, but 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's I I I met Adrian Matika several years ago, probably I think maybe 2016, and he told me, and I can't remember who told him, but the the advice was try to work on on three books at one time. Oh my goodness! Because wow. you know, if whenever you you kind of feel like you've you've written yourself into a corner on the one, you can just switch in all right, time for the, the romance thing, and, and you know it it frees up the the brain, and, and you're still you're still being productive. And so I was writing my um, my full length manuscript um, at the same time that I was working with working on this one. Um, so for for years, you know, I've been kind of jumping back and forth between these these texts and I. Uh, each time that I, I dive back in and, uh, and I revise, I, I take the whole thing apart, uh, because once you once you change this one thing, this now changes everything. You know, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. so I, I've taken these things apart so many different times, and and but it 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 hit a point where with the the version that I submitted for the the competition, I was like, I don't, I can't think of anything else that I possibly can say or do with this, hmm. and uh, maybe that's the good point that I have to arrive at. <laughs> You know, I, I feel like that with my full length manuscript too. I'm like, I, I got nothing. I don't know what else I could possibly do with it. Um, but yeah, it, it was really, really hard um, getting to that point. What is, what is your full length manuscript? It's, it's a, a full collection of poems or. Yeah, it's a, okay. it's a full collection of poems. Okay. I'm over here being like, okay, now Christian can write a novel. Because <laughs> it's my be, favorite thing when poets write fiction. It is always so beautiful. Reading this book, it didn't occur to me that this wasn't a full collection. I know, me either. You know what I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I was just like, oh, I was like, oh, okay, right, right, right. Sure, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, and can you talk a little bit about what that's like to sort of work on two different collections of poetry? Sure. Um, I I always tell people that they're 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 really different, and I'm not sure anymore if that that's the case. Um, mm. The um, the the subject matter and the the direction uh, are a little bit different for for each of them, but I think that there are some probably probably more points where they intersect than um, than I would have seen you know a year or two ago, mm. but. Um, the uh, the full length um i just i really got interested in uh in, in interrogating uh ghosts what what is a ghost who is a ghost you know each of us living uh is a ghost to somebody hmm. right like mm-hmm. that 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 person that you didn't you wanted to kiss but you didn't in, in eighth grade you know to a certain degree that that's a ghost of yours or, or you know um, and I thought about how that's, how can I also talk to um, my my dead and, and talk about my dead? Because I, I really want to honor um, my family and the, the people and the, the places that I come from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I was working with that. And, um, and obviously, you know, on the other end, I was like, I want to. I want to really explore and interrogate um, race. And I think that over, 
over a period of time, um, the, the poems that ended up becoming gleaming um, just became more more personal. And instead of just kind of like writing about race writ large, it was about like my experience or, or, or fueled by my experiences. And um, I think that that's kind of like the hub of, uh, of the full length too, because, you know, the more time that passed and, and I, um, I wrote probably maybe 85%, like I, I threw away so much of, of the, the manuscript. Um, like I, I dumped the vast majority of it. And, but what? I- um, And when you dump something, do you dump it or do you save it in another document to look at later? Oh, it's all there. I don't know if I'm I'm ever gonna go back, and I might pull some lines from from some things, but yeah. I think that as as a whole, I think that that's probably that's probably it's just gonna live on the hard drive. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, I wrote the vast majority of of the the poems. Um, geez, within like a span of a couple of months, and uh, I I was getting at least one. Um, one poem a week um, and I don't know I've, I've never been able to crank them out like that since but um, that there's a there's a different energy with it and and I um, think that the most recent shape that it's in now my uh, my, my aunt passed while working on the uh, while working on the collection um, I've had at least seven people in, in my family pass. God. And oh, when you oh are, God. when you're working on something that's actively addressing the dead and, and ghosts and everything like that, it, it, you know, it informs it with a, a different energy. And, and um, but the, the night of my, uh, my aunt's funeral, um, I reordered it and, and pretty much put it into the shape that it's in right now. And um, so I don't know, it, it has a different energy and it has a different personal feel to it, to me. Whereas um, the, the poems, a lot of the poems in, uh, in Gleaming are personal, but it's a different thing. Like, I don't, I don't really feel like terribly emotional. Like, I'm not going to cry reading any of these poems, but I might cry. And I have, you know, I've been, on, I've been close. I've been close to, to, to crying a couple of times while reading some of the, the poems from the, the full length, but... I don't know. Uh, it's it's been interesting in a in a really personal way, hmm. and um, I I think that I I just really want to I really want to honor you know like my loved ones because I don't think that anybody else for the most part has an interest in, in writing poems about the people who come from uh, where my family comes from, hmm. you know, which is where you are now, Tennessee. Well, I I'm based in, in in Tennessee right now. My uh, my mother's family comes from uh, Macon, Georgia, and my okay. father's family comes from uh, Marianna, Arkansas. Okay, you know, and I've I've yep. not read too many poems about Marianna, Arkansas. No, you know, right. so I I think that that's um, you know, I think that that's a, a worthy a worthy thing, and I I want to give people. I can't give everybody their flowers while they're here, unfortunately, you know. Right. But I want to I want to give as many as I can. And if I can knit them in, in my work and everything, then, you know, I think that that's a, that's a worthy pursuit. Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful. You love art 
Um, and I'm wondering if you practice aside from, from poetry, if you, if you have any art practice in your, in your life, are you painting? Are you taking photos? Any, any sort of art that you make in addition to your poetry? So I, um, I actually had it completely mapped out that I was going to go to, uh, Savannah college of art and design. Oh, I was going to yeah. have a, a visual art career. Um, visual art was my, uh, was my number one passion for for many many moons until you know I fell into to writing, and um, I wish I did more with it. Um, what I were you gonna? Still... You're doing a lot with it. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that's always the thing about time. You know, you only have so much time to to devote to you know different things. And when you've been, and I get, I'm sure that you guys know when when you're when you're really trying to to nail. Uh, a, a project down you know that that kind of takes takes center stage mm -hmm. but um yeah I mean I I when I was uh, super duper active with it I was I was doing a little bit of sculpting um I like drawing um I I've dabbled a little bit in painting um, it's still something that they really kind of uh fascinates me and blows my head apart mm -hmm. um but yeah i uh I, I still try to to draw from time to time um and um prior to the pandemic i was uh, i was attending a, a weekly uh figure drawing session and cool i i would love for you know some sort of safe version of that um to you know just to kind of keep in, in practice but again i think that so much of my work also is interested in the body and what moves through the body and what the body has the capacity to do mm -hmm. that um i think that it all in informs the sum and i think that getting back and just being able to put some some lines on, on paper and, and turn it into something uh, utilizing you know the all the, the parts of of you know your body that you can record something Mm -hmm. um i really miss that and i wonder like if uh you know if, if we weren't in pandemic times and i still was attending it like how much different would the work that i'm, I'm doing in terms of, of poetry how much different would it be i don't know but yeah i i i also like photography a lot and um i think that i'm, I'm always interested in kind of like how do you how do you freeze a moment and um so, I mean, I, I wish I, I bought a camera and uh, again, it's another one of those things. It's kind of been sitting there while I've been, you know, driving myself crazy with these, uh, these trying to get these books out into the world. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I would, hopefully I will uh, break out that camera and get my money's worth. Out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting what you said about freezing the moment because your poems do that, but they also open it wide. You know, they, they, they leave it open. Like you were saying before, um, and I think that's what the art that you've referenced does as well, um, including the piece that you reference in Sight Unseen, which I looked up and is incredible. If um, hmm. What is the full title of the piece? It is Can't See in the Morning Till Can't See at Night by Hank Willis Thomas. And it is, if you read Christian's poem and you see the black boxes and then you look at that piece of art it just they feed each other 
and it, and it just becomes that much more meaningful. Um, so it's, it's, it's almost like you, I don't know, like you are making art with art. I like that. <laughs> that's going to he- be the new headline for my website. There you go. <laughs> um, I just so appreciate the, you know, being introduced to that and being introduced to Mark Bradford on this, on this interview, because it's, um, it's really meaningful. So yeah, I, I can't wait to see what you do with your camera too. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully something. Get going. You'll see something. Yeah. <laughs> when I was going to grad school, they always encourage. I went to grad school at an art school, and they were like, you know, you should be taking your writing classes, but you should be going and learning, you know, sculpture or figure drawing or photography or video, because that's only going to make your um, your work that that much better. It's kind of like you were saying, like working on the romance thing over here, working on my poetry here working on my, I don't know, banjo over here. <laughs> right. Um, it really does uh, open it, open it more. Um, yeah, absolutely. But Christian, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. I absolutely loved your book. I know Alex loves your book. Yes. It's the gleaming of the blade on bull city. Um, we were just honored that you came on and, and read to us and talked with us and you were so wonderful and open with us. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. for having me. This is this has been big fun. That was awesome. That was a lot of fun. I could have listened to him book. talk all night. Yeah, the book is amazing. Yeah, book's amazing. I I think some of the most fun episodes we've done are the ones where we don't know the person at all. Right. And you know, a publicist has reached out or whoever has reached out and you end up reading the book and you're like, well, shit, it's good. It's really good. I, I like I mentioned, there were many places where I went. Oh, <gasps> oh definitely. I <laughs> and mean, now that, you know, I'm, I'm like dipping back in as we were talking and reading the poems mm-hmm. backward and it's incredible how it works in every single one. And it be, just deepens the meaning. Yeah, that's very cool. I mean, one of the, one of the unique things I felt like with Christian's collection here was a lot of times with poetry, I will abort right away if it, it, uh, you know there will be poems that I I fully reject where I'm just like I can't do this. <laughs> where even the ones that I didn't respond to completely fully in this collection, there were lines that I absolutely loved, and that is very rare for me. I feel like where every poem had at least one line where I was like, mm-hmm. God damn. Mm-hmm. And there were several poems that I was just like stunned by. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does next. He's a, he's a great writer. Yeah. When I love a poem, I immediately go back and read it again. And then I read mm-hmm. it out loud mm-hmm. because uh, it feels so different in your mouth, you know? Coming, yeah. Um, and I did that over and over and over in this book. I, yeah. I don't read enough poetry. I forget I how much I love it. Yeah. I really love it when it's good. It's so good. <laughs> yes. I think, I think, <laughs> I think the real reason I haven't read it in recent years is poetry. Twitter is so yeah. annoying and just like, I don't know. Except for Elisa Gabbert. No, she's annoying too. <laughs> um. I'm kidding. I love you, Gabs. Um, but uh, 
future guest. But um, Hell yeah. no, I just feel like I've been infected by poetry Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Fuck it. Um, 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 yeah. Super awesome. Love it. Super awesome. Very good. Um, Thank you to also Kathy look Marie. up the painting. Look up the painting. Um, yes. God damn. We said it. We, you said the full title. I did. And okay. um, I'll try to remember to post it on our Twitter because it's incredible. And I don't think it's a painting. I think it's a digital piece. Oh, that was my misunderstanding. Is that why they use the word print on the thing you sent me? I, I scrolling back down to his notes. Okay. Completely my fault. Then. He just says it's, it's 20. It's, it's his 2011 piece from can't see in the morning till can't see at night. Awesome. Yeah, I, I finished Swan Huntley's book and I Oh nice, yeah. I got it sitting right here next to me. Yep, it's a frothy like beach read. Frothy. Frothy, yeah. Rom-com type deal. Okay, cool. Oh, um what's your favorite rom-com? Oh, good question. Okay, I got I think I've told you this before. I got obsessed oh, right before No, I'm just I'm I'm more saying that to myself, like mm. to myself for repeating myself all the time. Um, I got obsessed with the movie. It's complicated. Like when I was pregnant with Parker, that's the uh, Meryl Streep. Yes. Okay. There's like a scene where she and Alec Baldwin, like accidentally have dinner together. That's her ex-husband and mm-hmm. they end up getting drunk together and dancing to this Tom Petty song. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. And they're like, she's like, this is like my 40th birthday party. Or something they're remembering her 40th i don't know there's like some sort of nostalgia in that moment that i mm-hmm. could not get enough of i don't so i've it's definitely not that seen great. it i've definitely seen it but i don't really i don't really remember it that it's well. not memorable it's okay. it's really not it's um so there's no reason why it's just like that moment got me and it still gets me when i think about it but mm-hmm. um i guess aside from that you've got mail i've watched over and over and over again mm-hmm. sleepless in seattle what about you? Do you like rom-coms? Sure, I'm open, whatever. I I got to be honest though, the movie that I thought of cuz I, I you know, I knew you were going to ask me. I was like this is not a rom-com, but the movie that I think of that for some reason I thought of was Terms of Endearment. <laughs> oh, that is not a rom-com. That's the saddest movie ever. But it's like that is but one of my It's also funny. It is funny. Like the way they make fun of Flip is funny. Actually, and there is a romance between um, Shirley MacLaine and Jack Nicholson. Totally. I think it might, it might, it might fit. Kind of, it might yeah. fit. Like so if scarf it fits, flies off. Oh my God. I love that movie. I would, I would watch that movie any day of the week. The I, parts with her kids. I can't uh, think about like without. The, the hospital stuff. Well, that, and like, there's a part where the, like her and Flip are fighting and screaming. Oh God, yeah. It's just fucking brutal. And but like that, the little it, brothers outside and the big brother comes out or vice versa. And they just sit together. I don't know that know. movie. I would, they don't really make movies like that anymore. I don't know if they ever made movies like that, but that movie, that movie means a lot to me. I love that. I fucking had no movie. idea. That's amazing. It's so good. It's such a good movie. And it's, world ending i can't watch it without knowing yeah, i'm wrecking. gonna cry all day it's completely wrecking yeah and i just realized i have two boys and a girl like she did yeah. <laughs> the complicated relationship with my mother <laughs> you want to guess how old uh oh okay i'm gonna give you a two a two-parter here okay. do you want to guess how old deborah winger is right now and do you want to guess where she's from 
Okay. Right now, I'm going to say 66. Oh, my God. Such a good guess. What is it? She's 67. Oh, my God. I'm so, I never get close. (laughs) And she's from Canada. (laughs) You know what? She's from the Canada, the United States, Ohio. Oh, okay. Close. (laughs) Yeah, very close. (laughs) Um, Wow. Okay, Deborah Winger. I just heard that she wanted to get the part in Romancing the Stone that Kathleen Turner eventually got. Right. And so she met up um, for dinner with Michael Douglas and whoever the director was. And unfortunately, like playfully bit Michael Douglas but oh. broke the skin <gasps> so That's she did hot. <laughs> yeah Robert have Zemeckis. You, yes I was gonna say Bob Zemeckis you know people who in the know call him Bob right like you. um right there is a documentary called searching for Deborah Winger did you ever watch it no I would love to though yeah because she like it. retired from acting for a while right, she's right now she's doing stuff she was in that um one of the best shows ever Patriot the fuck is patriot oh my god it's it was only two seasons but it was perfect and it's huh. such a stupid name like it sounds like like jack reacher or something fucking tom brady right exactly but it's not anything i mean it's about a dude who works as like a like a i don't know a spy for america oh i totally know what you're talking about they used to show commercials for this yes. before something i watched and it, it looked yeah i don't know it, it got it's like, good huh it was a bad title and it got no good marketing and it is Alex it is the perfect show it is so wow. like heart-wrenching and really funny okay and Michael Chernis is in it and anything Michael Chernis oh. is in is going to be the best Michael um, Chernis also from Ohio is he yes he is I had no idea well Deborah Winger and Michael Chernis probably I don't bonded know who over Michael that Michael Chernis is they don't have a picture on his Wikipedia really he was just in um he was just he just oh, I recognize this guy yeah yeah he was just in the uh, severance mm. playing a writer anyway great show cool swan huntley uh and uh <laughs> now i'm reading oh i'm reading dan sean's book his mm-hmm. new book mm-hmm. um sleepwalk because i'm interviewing him i'm talking to right. him next week at exile oh, in that's Bookville. next week holy shit yeah man May 26th. It's in Chicago. So if you're in Chicago, come see us. And if not, mm-hmm. you can live stream it. Cool. As the kids say. And I actually, I looked at his, his tour. You're either the only or one of the only ones that there is a streamable option. So Whoa. if you are interested in Dan Sean, definitely catch the event with Lindsay. He's one of my favorite writers. Every book he has written is perfect. I cannot believe that I um get to, but i know him i have his phone number <laughs> I can't. you know what you should you should text him about ohio i think he lives in ohio let's just continue oh, this oh yeah it's like an ohio night it's an ohio night he's one of the people that i read like early early in the days of me being like maybe i could be a writer one day and, mm-hmm. and reading him and being like nope i could never do what he does <laughs> it's like really I've cool only read i've only read the first collection and you remind me of me you remind me of me is kind of wrecking yes it's i haven't read any of the other ones oh you would love ill will i gotta check it out um yeah and he's he's a lot of fun so i'm looking forward to sometime 
I would love it. Maybe I'll try to get him to record an intro for, <laughs> for I'm a writer, but hey, this is me, Dan Sean. <laughs> You're listening to I'm a writer, but <laughs> can you tell him my Dan Sean story? I've told you this. I think you have told me, but remind me. The one uh god damn it, AWP that I went to in Chicago. Oh Dan yes, Sean was I walking remember by this. Me, and yeah. I was so starstruck. I was like, Dan Sean. And he stopped and he goes and he just looks at me and I'm like. Uh, my dad's from Nebraska too. And then he looked at me and then he just kept walking. And I was like, Dan, I respect that. Oh. But maybe just do that when you see him for me. Okay, I will. I, I, my whole life are, is moments like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and on that note, and on that note, goodbye. I'm a Writer Butt is recorded by Alex Hickley and me, Lindsay Hunter, in our respective basements. Editing by Lindsay Hunter. Music by Max Loop. Yeah, yeah.